We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Well, how are you today? Are you well? Are you good? That's good. We're good, Rochelle, aren't we, after the Crows win? That's right. Hallelujah, that I like that. And, uh, right. If you don't know me, my name's Ben, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's great to have you here today. And uh, we're continuing, we've got a bit of a theme this year, and it's to be Christ-like. And we kicked it off the start of the year, and uh, at the start of the year, we, some people, I say some people because I don't do it very much anymore, uh, New Year's resolutions, what are you going to do this year? What are you going to achieve? How are you going to grow? What are you going to get rid of? It's all about what we do. And uh, resolutions, they come and go, because we either achieve them or fail, so we change them. And, uh, but being Christ-like never changes. What we want to do always changes, but who we want to be doesn't change. And uh, wanting to be like Christ, and that's actually God's number one purpose for you, is to be like Christ. It's not to be an amazing business owner. It's not to be a great farmer. It's not to be a great mum. They're all part of it. But God's number one purpose for you is to know him and to be like Christ. And it blesses everything else and it overarchs everything else. And so we've just been digging into that. What does that actually look like? And, uh, and that's what we're going to do a little bit more today. I'm just going to pray and we'll get into it. God, I thank you that this is your church. This is your word. Have your way today. Let your word and only your word be remembered. Uh, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to perceive your word for us right now in this season in the name of jesus amen have you ever heard the saying worse things happen at sea my nana die brown you always used to say that worse things happen at sea i tell the kids at school when i work there if they're having a bit of a bad day so worse things happen at sea they're like what i'm like wow worse things happen at sea and uh Zaya immigrated from England on a boat, which I have new appreciation after going on a ferry to Kangaroo Island. Uh, that was 45 minutes of my life that felt like five hours I'll never get back. And uh, to England on a boat, that's a whole nother. That's a whole six, six weeks. Not worth it. No, um, I'm worth it because I wouldn't be alive. But um, worse things happen at sea. I was doing a bit of reading about the early boats and, and uh, uni had so many clothes and bedding. So if it got a bit damp, it's got a bit damp. Imagine that, a bit of damp clothes for a week or so. All crowded, it would stink. Everyone gets sick and gets diseases, a long journey. You even think modern cruise ships. Uh, every cruise ship I hear of, someone gets gastro and it goes through the whole thing. Doesn't seem that appealing to me. Uh, the COVID outbreak happened on cruise ships. Uh, worse things really do happen at sea. And uh, use that on your kids. Jesus understood this as well. Ah, worse things. I'm, I'm going to read a, uh, just a passage, and it's going to be our, where we're going to go from today. In Matthew 8:23, it says, "And Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping." The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid you have so little faith? 
Then he got up, rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Today what I want to talk about is being Christ-like in the storm. Christ-like in the storm. You've probably heard that phrase before, the storms of life. Uh, people love saying it in churches. We love this symbolism. and We love all symbolism. But the storms of life, the rainy days. Uh, and they cover everything from unforeseen circumstances to loss to broken relationships, hurt, pain, the unknown, personal struggles, uh, physical health, mental health, offence, difficulties. Storms can be big, they can be small, they can go for a long time, they can go for 10 minutes. It's all really relative, but they're inevitable. Uh, Jesus actually once once said, you will have trials on this earth. And so he was honest. And it's inevitable that we're going to go through some things that aren't that enjoyable. And they're going to go through things that, that affect our lives, affect our walk with God, for better, lack of better words, storms. And Jesus went through them as well. And they're inevitable. And sometimes they're our fault. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes nothing makes sense. And sometimes it never does make sense. And, but they're inevitable. Storms of life are inevitable. But what's it to be Christ-like in the storm? What's it to be Christ-like when things don't go to plan? When things don't go well? When your plans aren't coming together? What does that mean? In verse 23, uh, 24, sorry, it says, Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Take a nap. That's what it's been to be Christ-like. Hey, sometimes you might just need a nap. But I think to be Christ-like in a storm is to be able to rest in a storm. And when we think of the word rest, uh, we think maybe a holiday, Maybe a Saturday morning sleep-in uh, with a cooked brekkie, bacon and eggs. Uh, maybe a weekend away. Uh, maybe the, the, your husband takes the kids out for the day and you get to potter. I don't know what it is. Uh, but we, when we think of rest, we think of relaxation. We think of recovery. We think of energy not working. That's what we think of rest. But I don't think that's what the Bible was talking about with rest because it talks about rest a lot. Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. I don't think Jesus was saying, come to me and I'm going to give you an easy Saturday morning. I think it's so much bigger, so much greater. I think it's a lifestyle, it's a mindset, it's an identity, it's who you are, it's a peace. And we actually see how Jesus got this rest. Because he, he's woken up by the disciples while he's sleeping and he says, why have you so little faith? And that tells me that his rest was linked to his faith. And then we read in Hebrews, in the last verse of chapter 3, and then we'll go on to chapter 4, and it says, So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Faith and rest are tied together. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That sounds more than a holiday. That sounds more serious. That sounds like it's better than an easy Saturday morning. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter rest. As for others, God said, in my anger I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. 
Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. Maybe that's what someone needs to know here today. That time for entering rest is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God will not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Sounds more like more than a relaxing afternoon or holiday, this rest, doesn't it? And you can see, you hear the words, you read the words belief, faith, unbelief. It's tied to faith. So what does this rest look like? Having rest in the storms of life. I think it's peace. I think it's love. I think it's fruitfulness. And I love Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. How's this for a picture? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Bearing fruit in each season. That's what I think rest is. Bearing fruit in each season. What is that? What's fruit? Well, it's, it's what God does in us. He says to us to be fruitful. And so God wants to do something in you and me and through you and me to bless the people in our lives, bless our community. But I love in Galatians, it's the fruits of the Spirit. God wants to produce things in us, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. It's having love in the season of a storm. It's having peace in the season. It's having joy when the things don't go to plan. That's what I think being Christ-like in a storm is, is having this rest. So how do we, how do we get there? Remember, it's linked into faith. Well, I think there's a few things we've got to know. And having rest in storms, I think, begins with knowing who we are. Galatians uh, 3.26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus. I think when you know your identity as a son or daughter of God, you can be in that place of rest, that identity. When you know your Father in heaven knows you, holds you, protects you, values you, watches over you, you can have rest. We've got a, a robot vacuum. And my daughters are very different. Mara's a bit more sensitive. Nancy's a bit more crazy, for lack of a better word. Uh, Nancy, when she sees the robot vacuum, it's an enemy that needs to be attacked and wrestled. Uh, she'll chase it down, jump on it, and hit it till it stops and giggle the whole time. It's, it's a fight, it's a wrestle, and she loves every moment of the action. Uh, and she approaches everything in life like that. Myra, when she sees it, is not too sure. <laughs> Even though she's double the size of Nancy, uh, she'll run away and she'll jump into my arms. But as soon as she's in my arms, she's okay, because she knows Daddy can take care of the robot vacuum. 
I'm bigger than the vacuum. And she's fearful until she's with me. When we're in the storms of life, when things aren't going to plan, when we know who we're with, when we know who we are, we are children of God, we can have that rest. You know, when when a baby is born, there's all sorts of information and studies about the attachment to the mother. And those first few months are so essential. And often the baby will need the mother to, to rest, to be calm, to be still. And they've actually believed that it's not, after, it's not until after a few months of the baby's life they actually realise they're not a part of their mum's body anymore. They've been in the womb for so long and it's not until a few months after uh, they're alive they actually realise, hey, I'm actually another person. Because they need that attachment, they need that uh, connection to have peace, to have rest. And I think it's a beautiful example of what it can be like when we know who we are our identity, that we're sons and daughters of God, that in every moment our Father's with us, watching over us, holding us, protecting us. When we know that relationship, we can have rest. And it's nothing because we're awesomely behaved children of God, it's because of what Jesus did for us, that He restored us to that relationship. I think that's when we can have rest. You know, having rest is knowing who is with you and in you. Uh, We are children of God, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. In Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that we could adopt us as His very own children. That's what we're just talking about. We're children of God. And because we are His children, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call our Abba Father. So we have the Spirit of God in us. The Holy Spirit, God's presence on earth, called the Comforter, called peace. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit comes. And it says, if you know Jesus, you have the Spirit in you. And so not only are we children of God, but God's Spirit is in us. The same Spirit of God is with us. That's why uh, we can be in a a place like this and we can share one message corporately but what will come to Sarah will be different. That will come to Peter because God speaks to us individually. And wherever we go, we have the same spirit in us and within us. So we have God's spirit in us. They can bring forth grace for more than we need. And not only is it a The word spirit can confuse us a bit in Holy Ghost because it's not a mystical force, it's a person. It's someone we can talk to, the Holy Spirit. Listen, have a conversation, receive guidance, receive wisdom, receive peace. You know, Holy Spirit isn't for a Sunday, Holy Spirit's for daily life. It's for loving your family, it's for interacting at work, it's for doing what you need to do. I know in my life, the most powerful times I've sensed the Holy Spirit and guidance by the Holy Spirit has been in seemingly practical things, but actually the most supernatural things. I remember talking with a kid at school once and he was so angry. And he was just rolled up and about to do a bit of damage. And I'm, and, and I'm trying to work out, okay, what do I do here? <laughs> and I, I don't need to stay calm, but I'm like, I'm like God, just, just help me out here. And then I just had this thought out of nowhere. I'm like, thank you, God. I was on a phone to someone, a guy I know who's not in a great place. And I was out of nowhere. I didn't have time to really ready my mind. 
and I'm listening to this guy talk, and he's, he's not in a great way. I'm, in my, I'm listening, but I'm trying to pray to God at the same time. I'm like, what on earth do I say here? And the Holy Spirit led. I remember when uh, Nancy was due last year during the heart of all the COVID stuff. And the rules were changing all the time of who could go into where and the hospitals and the treatment, all this different stuff. And we didn't know. There was different rules, different states and different nations. And I remember just praying, my God, we know you've got this, but there's a lot going on. I remember the whole time we just had this peace from the Spirit. See, in any season, the Spirit's in you. You're a children of God and the Spirit's in you. And having rest, I think, comes from knowing God's character. This is faith. It's what we believe about God. You know, we need to have faith, but we need to believe the right thing. You know, what we believe about God is really important. It's super important. Because if you're in a storm of life and if you believe God is a bit of an angry and distant God, that's not going to be all that helpful even if it's untrue. What we, need, what we believe about God is so important. So what is God's character? Above all, what is his character? I know there's so many elements of it, but I think John sums it up pretty well in 1 John 4, it says God is love. And I know that looks like a lot of incredible things, but overall God is love. And we need, to, we need to remember that and we need to check it because if we believe something about God and actually if it doesn't line up with love, we might need to have another look. If it doesn't fit in with love, because that's who God is, maybe we've missed something. Because when we know God is love, so we know we're children of God, we know His Spirit is in us and we know He's with us and then if we know His love, you see how rest comes a bit easier when things go wrong? If we know he's got this perfect love, now we need to know God's character, we need to know God's power. That Jesus died, took sin and death onto himself, defeated it, rose from the grave, and it says we have the same victory. And we believe in a God of miracles, and we believe in a God of breakthrough, and we believe in a God who heals our bodies and minds, we believe in a God who opens doors, we believe in the miraculous. Jesus had incredible teaching of loving one another, but he had incredible power. What we believe is important. You know, all of this is much easier in community. I found in when, when the storms of life come, I can get a bit tired. I can, I can start to believe different things that I wouldn't have believed before. I get a bit confused. It can be a bit harder just to do life a little bit. That's why we need to be in community. I hate running. Hate it. It's horrible. Puffs me out. It's boring. If I run by myself, I can't run very far. I find an excuse to stop really quick. Knee, ankle, boredom, sun, rain, wind. It's very easy to find an excuse to stop. But then I go to footy training and I could run ten times further because you're in a group. When we go through things, we've got to be in community. Because someone can pull you up, encourage you, love you. Then you can pull someone else up, encourage them and love them. This rest is, is in community. And you are children of God. His spirit is in you. He is a loving, powerful Father in heaven. And some days he might 
do the miraculous. Heal your body. Open a door. Bring in the financial blessing. There's another storm in the Bible. The apostle Paul's in it. And they were praying for a miracle. And then there was a shipwreck. Not as great of a miracle. And he rode a plank of wood to shore. You can make a small argument that he was the first surfer. Right. But, see, sometimes God will just do a miracle and stop the storm. And often he'll just give you what you need to get through it. It's like the peace we had during that coming up to Nancy being born. He'll give you an inner strength. He'll give you a joy. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the rest. You know, the same passage of Jesus coming the storms in Mark 4. But there's a really special little detail in Mark 4. And I'm going to read it. Mark 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. I don't know about you, but I've often imagined that story of Jesus and his disciples, the only boat in the lake. He got the lake, he got the storm, it's just the one boat. Well, this tells me there was lots of other boats. And it's probably a fair estimation that they were also in the storm. And I want you to know that when you're in your boat and things aren't going to plan, there's other people following you. There's other people in their boats watching you, listening, observing, seeing what you're going to do. And when you receive from God, when you have rest in the storm, it brings rest to them. That's pretty special. I even observed it in, in some of our staff at our school uh, last year when all the COVID stuff hit. And it's interesting, the ones with a lot of faith were the calmest. Fancy that. It's a good sign. And then other people saw that and followed along. They didn't really understand why or how, but because someone had rest, because someone had the right faith in God, the other boats received rest. And they get to see the glory of God. I want to encourage you that how you're Christ-like in the storm, how you have rest, how you have right faith in the storm, it's going to be a testimony to others that you don't even know about. Rest in the storm. To be Christ-like is to have rest in the storm. And it comes through right faith. It's knowing who we are. It's knowing the spirit within us. It's knowing God's character and it's God's power. Now, I think there's two key things that build faith. and Three things. I think it's community. I think it's the Word of God. This big passage of rest, Hebrews 4.9. So there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. And then it goes in. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Now hang on, that doesn't, that's not talking about rest. What's that in there for? That's not talking about faith. Well, it is. That verse isn't just one they plucked out to talk about the Bible. 
It's how you enter and how you build faith is by the word of God. And so when we read the word of God, we engage in the word of God, our faith builds, our rest builds. And then it's by the person of the Holy Spirit. When I think of Holy Spirit, I think quality time. My wife loves quality time. It took us a while to work that out in our marriage. Have the love languages. You know, I get a massage, I'm happy. Physical touch, tick to the box. I thought, look, quality time, watch the footy, we're together. It's time, quality for me. Um, we still have some conversations, so it's still a bit quality for her, you know, it's quality. We drive somewhere together, quality time, we're in the same car. It don't work that way, actually. If you think it works that way, it doesn't, just a heads up. Still, I'm still trying to get my head around it. But. <laughs> we think about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's a person. It's God's Spirit in us. And if we're going to listen, we've got to stop. If we're going to receive, we've got to give time. If we're going to talk, we've got to... What if the Holy Spirit wants to show you something new? What if He wants to do something new in your life? What if He wants to impart peace in your morning before you go off? What if he's got a wise word for you before you go to work, but we don't stop to listen? That time. That time. What if there's a storm going around and we're so busy working out how to stay afloat, we're so busy running around, stressing, being anxious, trying to solve it for ourselves, but in just a moment, the Holy Spirit has got a peace that goes beyond understanding, a joy, a strength. That's rest. Rest isn't a holiday, it isn't a... Rest is knowing who we are. We are children of God. We have the Spirit within us. We have a God who watches over us. So we can be still. We can be sound. We can have the fruits of the Spirit. We can be fruitful in every season, in every storm, because of who we are, the Spirit within us, and who God is. That's rest. That's being Christ-like in the storm. That's being Christ-like. I wonder if the team could come. Right belief, right faith. Now, I just want to pray for a couple of things before we finish today. We talked about the storms, and we know they're inevitable. We know they're big and small. I know in a room this size, there'll be lots of people going through lots of different things. And sometimes we do this really silly thing when we come in to a, a public place of worship and we think, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going through this, but it's nothing compared to what they might be going through, so I'll just keep it to myself. Or we belittle or we talk it up or, or that's too much to go into. Or. What's happening in your life is happening in your life. And what's happening in your life, God cares about. He's with you. He knows you. His spirit is in you to do something new. You're his son or daughter. He cares what is happening. He knows what is happening. And he's ready to be involved with what is happening. When my daughter comes to me, I don't only care about the big things. Right now, there's really no big things. She hasn't got to be getting any big questions about life. or It's just a whole lot of little things. You just care. If you're a parent, you're there. God cares. He knows he's there. 
And I just want to pray for you in that season. I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit gives you what you need. That's rest. Because sometimes rest looks like a word. Sometimes rest is a miracle or healing. Sometimes rest is a joy and a peace. Because the Holy Spirit gives you and does something in you what you need for that season. So I just want to pray for you. And I don't want us to compare or talk down, because it's all relative. But it's all real. So I want to pray for that. I want to pray for that rest, that Holy Spirit to impart. And I want to pray for faith to grow. An individual talking to Jesus, that's an incredible. He said, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. What an honest, real prayer. He says, Lord, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And it's that, that tension. I don't know if you've ever felt it before. It's like, God, I'm, I know you're real. I know you're miraculous. I know you're with me, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> so I know it, but I don't know it. And that tension, Jesus didn't say, oh, be gone. No, he just healed his daughter. That tension's okay. So I want to pray for those who are going through something, just for Holy Spirit to do something afresh, new, what you need. And I pray for your faith, that it will build, that it will grow, that God will just show you something new, that something will grow deeper. So you can have that rest, so you can have that strong faith. God, I'll just lift up every single person in this place. I lift up every life, every family. God, I pray for those who are going through some things right now in their life. Some storms of life. Some things that make no sense, some things that hurt. Holy Spirit, I pray that you do something in them right now in the name of Jesus. Let them be filled afresh with your Spirit. Let them enter this rest in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace right now of hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for a new joy. A new joy in the name of Jesus. I pray for a new understanding, a new wisdom. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. You're here. You're with us. You're for us. Do something afresh. God, we pray that prayer. We, we believe, but help us overcome our unbelief. Give us a gift of faith. Help us to know you more, understand you more, experience you more. Faith comes through knowing, reading, spending time with you. It comes through relationship. We want to know you more. Because when we know you more, our faith grows, our rest grows. We just want to know you more. Yeah, just as Ben was sort of finishing off speaking there, I was reminded of a verse in Psalm 92 verse 10. Uh, I think it's David, and he said, anoint me with fresh oil. And I just had the picture of my, um, one of my wooden benches. We had some oil back in a few years ago, and it was good, but it needed some fresh oil. Like, I changed the oil in my car back in 92. It should be fine. 
There's something about fresh oil. You know, to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the guys are going to sing a song, but how how do we position ourselves for that? Well, I I think you just have the stance of a receiver. You know, for some people it's putting your hands up. Looks like a funnel, that's good. But it's a heart thing, isn't it? And it's saying, yes, Lord, I receive what you have for me. And uh, maybe as we sing this song, we, I encourage you to have that stance because God wants to fill you afresh, fresh oil, be filled afresh with the Spirit of God. Amen.